Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined by Brandy Barry Benson and Thomas Alayan. How are y'all doing today? We're great. We're doing awesome. Yeah. And the last time we were on the show, she was just Brandy Barry. I know. I got an yeah, extra B. Right. <laughs> I, for a second, in my, like, I think I've, I've mentioned this on the show maybe once or twice, but the, like, saying people's names is the most anxiety-ridden experience part of the show. <laughs> it's always like, because half of the time it's like people that I've never met before. And it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm usually much better at rem- remembering people's names. And so if you ever happen upon an episode where I introduce people instead, it's because Daniel has been like, I can't handle it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's frequent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so y'all are here. We've had you on the show before. Yeah, um, totally. But we specifically had y'all on for a Scopy studio, which was super fun. And, um, and those videos got a lot of traction, I remember, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, well, we, we happily put them on our website and everywhere, too. So yeah, that was totally. pretty cool for us. Yeah. yeah um, those were so cool. And we chatted about your last program, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and your next program is even more exciting. Um, well, I don't want to compare the two. I wouldn't do that to you. But like the, um, <laughs> I, it's interesting to me, especially because I feel like um, kind of one of my goals this year is trying to focus on what's going on locally mm-hmm. and so for um for those that don't know your upcoming program is specifically like a chicago bent local artists local music thing um so i'm wondering if y'all would be interested in talking a little bit about it yeah brandy oh, yeah. brandy would love to talk absolutely. about it. absolutely of course i would love to talk about it so this program is called chicago stories and when you say Chicago bent, it's pretty much Chicago bent at every angle. Yeah. Like we, um, so we basically commissioned three of our, what we consider the next generation composers here in town. Um, Heidi Justin, mm-hmm. Eric Malmquist and Amos Gillespie, um, all agreed to do this with us, which we're super stoked about. Um, so the first like sort of Chicago bent is that they, had to pick a people group or neighborhood from like in Chicago that's personal to them. So, um, so with Amos as a kid, he played um, in a like school band that was directed by one of the Alvarez brothers, um, and so he chose to write music about the Alvarez brothers' um, efforts to revive the Latin jazz scene in Pilsen. Um, Heidi Justin, um, of course, being a woman here and a woman artist in the city, she was um, really interested in interviewing minority women in executive positions here in Chicago, and she got some awesome stories about how they just, in their ascent up, just crushed those glass ceilings which is just a great story of women empowerment so of course I am always partial to that too Mm -hmm. being a woman myself (laughs) um and um so she uh basically like took some of their conversations and made like musical concepts out of those so um her two compositions really showcase that um and uh Eric Malmquist um we actually knew before as um part of the Newberry consort um because okay, yeah. he's written music for them and I think another group as well for period instruments but what he did so he's um married to a really lovely gal who's part of the Syrian uh, community and he also has a number of friends who are part of that community as well Mm -hmm. um, in the Rogers Park and Lincolnwood area and he basically he interviewed a woman who 
um, escaped from Iraq and came here to Chicago and found refuge here in the city. And he set her, literally took the words of her interview and set them to music. And then also in his other piece, he's delving into some of the really cool pop traditions of the Assyrians. And he also met with a poet playwright who's also here in the city. And um, what's really, really cool is I think this will be Thomas's first time singing in an Assyrian, which has it's been... It's pretty much anybody yeah. I know is first time singing yeah. in Assyrian. So <laughs> it's yeah, really I've cool. never sung in Assyrian. I mean, yeah. So I think this is like super cool. We never, I don't think we even envisioned this when we mm-hmm. first were like, let's do Chicago stories. We never, And then if we had told future Thomas, hey, you're going to be singing in Assyrian, I think he would have laughed and been like cool <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh so anyway um yeah so it's super awesome so we had we got to learn a lot about our fellow chicagoans so that's like chicago bent number one chicago bent number two is that um we are using all chicago musicians or i think there's two that technically live you know chicagoland or slightly outside area but they like have roots here Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them grew up here and and um so so we're using basically period instruments and we decided let's like just make this even more timeless as possible um so these are instruments like the cornetto the sackbut recorder Mm -hmm. traverso uh, harpsichord viola da gamba the list goes on um and um and so basically, like, we're taking these instruments that were invented centuries ago, and we're like, you know what? These guys can have a role in the 21st century, too. We're going to um, write new music for them. So, um, And then as an added personal bent, each of the composers chose from our roster of instruments and said, hey, these are the ones I want to use for my works. Okay, great. So you get to meet with those players and learn not just about the instrument but it was really interesting to see how the personality of each player came out as they were talking about their instrument showing them how it works you know so that was super cool um and i think that's really important to capture because back then composers really wrote for the performers that they had Mm -hmm. in mind and so you know i think they also um kind of tailored it to their personality and to like kind of you know their strengths um as well so that's been a really cool angle of this and Mm -hmm. then if it couldn't get personal like more personal enough we (laughs) um we we then um did these sketch rehearsals where um they read through the pieces gave immediate feedback there um and you know we've just we've been doing these blogs to try to introduce more of the public to these really interesting instruments and also more blogs will be coming out about the rehearsals, mm-hmm. um, just like the things we've learned and the ideas that have been exchanged. And so it's it's been super fun all the way around. I mean, like, I don't think we, we thought like this is gonna be super cool, but I don't think we envisioned like to the degree or the dimension that this has been mm-hmm. really super cool, so. Yeah, even today before we came, we were thinking about things we wanted to add to the show. And one of the things that we had we try to do for our shows is we come up with little mascots, like little uh, stuffed mascots. So for the General Shepherd last year, we had a little stuffed sheep. Mm-hmm. And for this past summer, we had a stuffed beaver. Uh, and for this Christmas, we're going to have a stuffed camel. Um, oh, cool. And for, for this one, we were like, well, what do we want to do? And so what we ended up deciding, you know, this is, we, we kind of think about this particular project not being, about being a little more sacred. 
right? Like these are people's lives, they're their stories, things that people should be very proud of. Um, so we didn't want to cartoonize it in any way. So instead what we were going to do is we're going to have a couple books made and what we're going to do uh, on the outside, it'll say Chicago stories and they'll be, you know, go through, they'll, we'll try to make them sturdy enough so they can go through a lot of wear and tear. And for Chicago stories this year, we're going to institute uh, that people who come to the concert can uh, write a message in the book, or we're going to give them paper that they can write a story down that we'll then uh, insert into the book. And starting with Chicago stories at all of our performances we're going to do this so that way people can include their stories in the book and every Chicago stories because it's going to be an annual project we're going to read from the book some of our favorite stories so that way it's not just the stories of the people that we're writing about or that we're singing about but it's everybody's stories from Chicago that comes to the concerts um, so it's it was kind of a you know either, as Brandy said you know if it couldn't get more intimate like we're really just trying to find more ways that people can kind of share and interact with what we're doing and be able to share their stories too so it's like a two-way conversation happening between us and, and the mm -hmm. audience yeah I I'm so sorry did you no I, I think that there's just so much there's so much I'm curious about well so I <laughs> I my first curiosity is um, I think as a group, as a performing group, especially with like an early music focus, um, it, it'd be really easy to, because what I like love about what y'all are doing is that personal touch, is that intimate touch. And I feel like it'd be really easy to not do that. You know what I mean? And so it, oh, sure. it my curiosity of like, where does that push that like passion to like, Go, be thorough, do this thoroughly, do this in a committed way, in a way that is like, we want to be doing this annually, like, annual, annually? Mm -hmm. um, Nailed it. You got it, yeah. yeah. Killed it. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, where does that come from for y'all? Yeah. Well, um, I, know, I know for me, um, I mean, I think, when I think of, you know, just, you know, frankly, I... Uh, when I think of like how things are going now and, and some of the changes we want to make, I mean, I think we, we both can agree that life is kind of too short to just, you know, do, just kind of go through the motions and mm -hmm. whatnot. And, and so, and not to say, I mean, there's plenty of great musicianship and artistry that's happening out there um, in Chicago and elsewhere. But I think for us, uh, what we saw was, okay, classical music just needs a revamp like let's just be honest everybody's been talking about it even the the all the ensembles whether they've been around for decades or whether they just started up yesterday mm -hmm. i mean everybody has been talking about like okay how do we engage the younger audiences how do we become more relevant yada 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 yeah. all that stuff and you know thomas and i were just like well if you do the same you'll get the same mm -hmm. and so we're just like okay so if uh, so has this and sometimes we even ask ourselves we're kind of like so has anybody ever done this before <laughs> no okay great that means we do it <laughs> you know and so um so like even something like the book thing i have never seen that at a classical concert um we see people like talking to the audience and stuff and that's cool and i just you know i know that the whenever we get any sort of feedback they're just like 
you guys look like you're having fun. We love that you talked to that you talked to us. You love that you let us talk back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and so I think that like sharing in that personal connection is just. I mean, music is a social art, uh-huh, you know, right. of all the arts that you've got out there, music, I mean, dance is, is also like super social, but like as far as like a performing art, I, I can't think of another art, art form, honestly, that is as personal, as momentary, mm-hmm. you know, as like... It's, yeah, it's yeah. entirely ephemeral. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Because like with, with visual art, it's like immortalized, mm-hmm. like there sure, you go, yeah. there's the thing. But a performance, once it's done, it's done. Right. I've even sent them a few emails, like to some of our supporters, who said, "Oh, we're sorry, we can't make the show. When are you? Are you doing it some other time?" I'm like, you know, it's a moment in time, and it's gonna come and go. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the art. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. sad part about yeah. it. And it's like this experience that you have to be there to to understand, and you right. have to be there to get. So, not like the the painting, like you said, that's in the art museum. My favorite Van Gogh is there, right? Yeah. And you can visit it whenever you want, Anytime. and and it's special because it's one of a kind, and it's and and it's there, and like you can see the brush strokes, and it's amazing, and it's you know it's it's a record of of a person's artistry, but I mean like, there's really nothing, like you know witnessing, waves emitting yeah. from somebody's mm-hmm. body and then it and then it's just air yeah. it's and just you, gone and you never know what's going to go wrong or what's going to yeah. go right <laughs> or what went wrong that made it right mm-hmm. or you know and it's it yeah you lose that if you're not there in the moment to experience it mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and i think it's cool too that like everybody could be witnessing the exact same thing but then get totally different things out of it mm-hmm. um and so i think that's another part of the experience that we just you know, we, we eat it up too, man. I, I love like talking to people and getting their impressions and, and just how did it touch you? Because everybody's coming in with a different background, mm-hmm. whether they're coming in from, you know, uh, and the, on top of just coming in from a different background with, you know, uh, their history and everything, everybody's also coming in from a different day. Some people had a great day. Some people had a really crappy day, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, in sharing and all of that, um, having music, music is just like, this amazing common ground um, that you can, you literally can share with just about anybody. And um, and so, yeah, that's what, that's what we're about. So I think, like, just that the excitement from creating something and then seeing it, you know, happen and realized in front of us like as we're doing the performance is just that kind of you know um just deep satisfaction we get when we do something like that is just you know keeps us going that's what kind of fuels our i think fuels our passions in a lot of ways to to keep going and seeing that seeing that impact so i'm first of all i think it's awesome that y'all took the idea of Chicago stories and really, you know, dove into what Chicago actually is and not what it like appears to be, mm-hmm. you know, because Chicago is is a major city. It's a major American city. There's a lot going up, going on like at its surface. I mean, we have, you know, we have a lot of very high art. We have a lot of, you know, a lot of large industry, a lot of, you know, even like at its face we have a lot of like big buildings there's a there's a lot that's big and i like that you chose 
three incredibly talented composers. Like we've had Heidi on our show before, and mm-hmm. like totally. we, we love like Heidi's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, totally. like, you know, three incredible young composers with three different perspectives who took the idea of a Chicago story and went three completely different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and none of them are like the great fire. Like, you know what I mean? The, yeah, like, right. the no. like very <laughs> icon, which there's nothing wrong with that. And right. like, I, I don't know. If, like you're but, not going to see any of the sh- the four Chicago stars represented at this concert. Because aren't the four Chicago stars, one of them is the fire. Things one that happened like, like over a century ago, yeah, which are yeah. iconic parts of the history. Right. Too, right. Well, one of the things we said to them was like, you know, we want you to collect stories from real people who are alive now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the most important thing because for part of what we want to do is we want classical music to be a living art too, right? And and Brandy, I think, has coined this a few times. It's like when you think about Bach and Beethoven, they they were writing for music for their time, for their people, for certain situations, for certain people, sometimes about people, right? And, you know, we now play their music and it's wonderful music and it's great but there are so many more stories to be told and chicago the whole metro area is like what 10 million people and every single person has a different life experience a different thing that they could contribute to the story and so why not just tap into like what is out there to create new art for people to to relate to so that's kind of we we've purposely directed them to talk to people who are alive and who have experiences instead of an abstract like the the fire mm-hmm. yeah yeah actually i should mention a little bit about the process through this all yeah thing. absolutely because um we so we commissioned everybody um at the start of the year and so there was some coaching involved um you know like thomas mentioned so that we were like no you actually have to talk to a real person mm-hmm. <laughs> um because we want them you know we want and for some of them it was easier than others but like you know it like because we wanted that that living experience um hearkening back to our namesakes bach and beethoven i mean if you're looking at the fact that they were writing music for current events or they met so-and-so, you know, whether it was a good friend, an aristocrat, or, you know, oftentimes it was an aristocrat, but, you know, (laughs) like, but in any case, uh, that they're, the point being that they were writing for real people that they had had interactions with, you know, um, and were writing music for just really that time, and and the output that they had was, um, is a lot like what we're wanting to do here, just so let's let's make something contemporary happen like that's that's relevant right now i mean what could be more relevant than mm-hmm. someone who's alive and saying like hey i live in chicago right now and i have a story to tell and we're like great mm-hmm. we'll set it to music so um <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we'll find somebody who's really good at this to set it to music yeah. um but uh but in any case i also think too it gives people kind of a glimpse into it I think you guys alluded to this too there's many different faces mm-hmm. of Chicago and I think the probably the face that most gets seen is the touristy side mm-hmm. yeah and so and this is you know a way for like kind of the Chicagoans the citizen that who's been been here living it out toughing it out through like the six month long winters to just be like you know what I like we're the ones that kind of own this city and like you know, so here we are sharing like the actual stories of the city, not what 
you know, what is perceived by like, Not the, the tourist. Yeah, yeah. And so, and we, but, and, and, uh, and on that too, it's sort of giving a tourist, like, we hope actually tourists will come to this and be like, hey, like, wow, I'm getting it inside, mm-hmm. you know, look into a mm-hmm. city that I've never been to. Because I know for me, Thomas and I have talked about this too, when we travel, we're like, okay, we're going to travel the world, but we're not going to do it like, you know, you stay in hotels or whatever. Like, we want to actually, like, be among the natives, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and really get some of the, like, some of that local flavor. What is it about that place that makes it tick? Like, yeah. you know, those things that really inspire you and that really distinguish that place from any other place. And really, I mean, you know, obviously climate and architecture and all that can be defining characteristics but really it's the people you know mm-hmm. you remember the people you interacted with and you're like i mean so anyway there's another angle yeah. there yeah it makes me think a lot something that um we've been talking about a lot and kind of is an overarching goal of what scoppy's trying to do over the next couple of years is really trying to think of what chicago can be on a national scale and to me it's also very important that like finding what that is involves as much as as possible what it actually is locally because i just feel like there's such a amount like a huge amount of rich talent and history and like working class history and like poor folks low income folks history and so it's it's these there are these things that make that are just like i think inherently midwest even that make chicago very much what chicago is and so you know when as we've spent more and more time kind of like talking to and getting to know more of the people that actually live here you go like these this is these are amazing stories amazing people to this is something that does that doesn't just need to be like let's just leave it in the midwest you know Mm. um so but i'm kind of curious uh what your all y'all's thoughts are because it sounds because it seems like that maybe is something that has at least come into the picture at all for you? I mean, you mentioned with, like, what make, wanting to have tourists come and see the... Like, what do you think of it... Like, what do you think about that kind of, like, trying to think about artistry in Chicago or, like, starting to think about it on a, on a scale that could work nationally? I mean, we've, we have actually talked with this about some members of our board, um, but also we've talked about this um, for like with each other of course i mean as you know thomas and i are always kind of brainstorming and like what could we do that's better what do we right up until we walked actually Actually, maureen came in the middle of a conversation (laughs) outside (laughs) yeah like so why could we yeah anyway so we're always like thinking about this and and we are also thinking about i mean what um because i you know chicago is kind of the overlooked city you know Mm -hmm. when you think about it it's like new york and la and and um and so what are the things that we can help bring Chicago to the forefront? But I, I honestly think, too, the, the mission to kind of revamp classical music is kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with that as well. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that that's one of the ways um, that, you know, we can help Chicago come to the forefront is just say, hey, you know, we're doing something different. We want to, you know, bring the rest of our city behind that cause to do something different, to adapt, and um, and just uh, make our footprint that way, um, mm-hmm. in a way. But but we do feel um, kind of a responsibility here as well to to just um, continue to grow to help. I mean, to help improve our and, and increase. Improve is a bad word. Um, just 
you know, to help further along the art scene that's going Elevate. on. Elevate. Elevate. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, improve. Like, things no. are, uh, like, because there's a lot of amazing things that happen here. There's so many amazing things yeah. that happen and here. And Chicago so. has the, is, the is, is a good place to do that. I remember when I first moved here in 2009, I forget who it was that said this to me, but they were like, you know, if you can't make it in Chicago, you can't make it anywhere. And I, you know, thinking back on that, and now I, you know, I visited New York more frequently, I visited LA, I visited other large cities, and see how congested it is there, not just in the arts, but in all aspects of life, and how difficult, difficult it can be to do what you want to do. And you move to Chicago, and there are so many opportunities to do so many things like the landscape yeah. is even in the tech industry right like we've been calling these composer uh things incubators right so that way they are kind of developing their works like chicago is a great city as an incubator because there are so many opportunities to develop art there's so many opportunities mm -hmm. to develop business and yeah some of them go by the wayside and some of them take off um but it's really a great city for opportunity especially as an artist yeah, so many, I mean, so many artists who now are big names, like, around the world got their start here. Like, mm -hmm. so many, so many people, like, you know, in comedy and music moved here to, like, really kind of get their voice together, get yeah. their, get their minds together. And what I would, and but then ultimately they would then relocate to New York or Los Angeles or something like that. And what would be amazing is if Chicago were the kind of place, and I, and, you know, perhaps it's starting to happen, where people move here, develop their voice, and then stay mm. and use that cohesive voice, that fully formed voice, to really shape things here instead of adding to the cacophony of either of the coasts. <laughs> I think it, that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We're, we're, we're for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering, um, with this concert, first of all, where where is this concert going up? Oh, yeah. So... Um, one of them's right on the corner yeah, from you it's guys. Actually, nice. Yeah, right. So we're actually performing October 14th and 15th. Um, so the 14th will be, it's a Saturday night at 7 p.m. It'll be at the UIC East Terrace. Um, and uh, $15 general admission. The Sunday afternoon, we're going to be at the Green Mill at 3 nice. p.m. Yep. And so, and th those are tickets at the door um, for $5. So, um, but yeah, so it's pretty exciting. The Green Mill is a story all unto itself as yeah, well. Yeah, I was so. going to say, like performing a show called Chicago Stories at the yeah. at the Green Mill. Yeah. You, that is weirdly so iconic yeah. in a great way. Yeah. But also yeah. University of Illinois at Chicago, which is like the state school in UIC. And like yeah. a, a lot of people from Chicago go to UIC for school. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who go to UIC stay in Chicago and they become the engineers around town or the urban planners. So it's and the, the East Terrace, which is in Student Center East, uh, is floor to ceiling windows. I think it's like maybe three stories tall. And then if once you look outside, you see a beautiful view of the downtown, including like um, the Willis Tower and all the beautiful lights of the skyline. So like it could that also in some ways couldn't be more iconic because you get a, a firsthand view of the city too. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, and also, um, is it are all of are all of these vocal works then, or is it inspired by 
these interviews. Oh, so oh, this is sure. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so some of them are vocal. Some of them are all instrumental. Um, Heidi, she somehow, like, wrote... This is... It's really cool. Um, she wrote this, like, aria de capo form, but for instruments. So... Oh, cool. Yeah, so she's, you know, really... Uh, yeah, taken Baroque forms and really used them in a new way, which and, is really cool. And her other piece, I think you guys will appreciate this, She, it's a vocalise. And the concept behind it is all the instruments are basically other voices in the room with with the woman who, who uh, Alexandra Olsovsky will be performing the, the vocalise. And she is supposed to kind of embody these, these women that Heidi has spoken with. And she acts as the person who kind of comes, who brings them all together so that they're not all just throwing out their ideas, but she literally takes the lead and tells them this is what we're going to do. So it ends very harmonically instead of kind of chaotically. But it's amazing because she's doing it as a vocalist, so she's essentially an instrument. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I love doing stuff with instruments, but we never get to do small chamber works like, you know, sonatas or things like that because we're not instruments in that sense so this is so i'm so jealous of her because i'm like i wish i could do that yeah that. it's <laughs> yeah. so neat no and it's super that is super and a super interesting way to think about it because even if you as an uh, as a vocalist you're doing something that is with instruments it's usually like something that would normally be performed on piano and the composer was like well i also have an orchestration for it you know what i mean it's the idea of something being and i mean there are obviously things that are but it's like songs like i think that getting into the like and i think this is something that runs current through like bach and beethoven specifically and kind of like what that namesake uh Im implies is really exciting like I, I think that's it's it's cool for me when an organization like has a namesake like that and you can see it you can see things like themes and ideas running through everything that you do even if you're doing like even if you're the Bach and Beethoven ensemble doing a concert of Chicago songs you know what I mean like there's still it still has that that touch that um I'm actually curious like I know that's something we talked about um the last time we had y'all here is that thinking about that mindset mm -hmm. and that's something that I it seems like come you come back to but I'm actually curious if you could speak a little more to that like I guess in the in the programming process and the you know um it's I mean and the workshopping process I mean like how do you are there a, I guess my the reason why I'm still talking is because I'm just I'm now checking <laughs> to see if, if there are things that I should just ask you, do you feel like there are more aspects of it, kind of like more details that like come from that, trying to uh, instill that mindset throughout the process? Oh yeah, I think um, absolutely. Like when I think of, I mean, our heroes, you know, Bach and Beethoven, obviously. Um, I think that was, that was something that was definitely incorporated into the process. Yeah. You know, as far as like having having something be personal and writing, you know, for that group of people, um, that that was something they did too. Um, something that they also did was they they really they really wrote to the instruments, mm -hmm. and so that was important to us that the composers each have um, the a chance an opportunity to like meet with the player, hear the instrument in real time, try some things out 
um, because I mean, that's the sort of thing, that's the sort of kind of learning that you can't get from a textbook. Like, Mm -hmm. so really, um, the new music thing that we're doing is really just more, it's so much more than like writing the right range or, you know, like writing the right kind of notes for an instrument. It's really finding, um, I think the quote unquote money range, I like to call it showcasing the best sounds of each of the instruments, Mm -hmm. but then also like you know, when either like Bach or Beethoven made something difficult, they made it purposefully so for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and so that they also had the chance to experience and learn that and see, okay, so if I wanted to do this and do the struggle, like bring out that part of playing this instrument, like what exactly does that look like too? So, um, I think also affect was a big one. I loved actually that the majority of the compositions, the sections are not marked by like Allegro and Adagio and all those things. Like they're marked by like situation one, discord, you know, or confusion or like everything comes together, like calmness, tranquility, or, um, you know, like they're marked with words that bring to like other images to mind or like kind of help the performer to really get, behind the emotion that a that a specific section is supposed to evoke as mm-hmm. opposed to just like well we're just going to play fast here or play slow here or whatever i mean the fact that like allegro and adagio and all that in performance practice inherently have also like kind of those meanings attached to it but mm-hmm. but the fact that they're thinking like in terms of 21st century i'm going to use my native tongue mm-hmm. to like say this is the feeling i want here yeah I, yeah, because I think that's something that, like, when I think about Bach and Beethoven, they there's, like, an organicness to them. Organicness. Is that even a word? Yeah. Anyway, but the, uh, is it? I, I, it well, we're going to go with it. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it is, right? Um, but, I mean, I would say that they're both the backbone, if not the, like, major initiative behind their artistic, the eras in which they represent. You know, I mean, Bach is so heavily... Um, associated with the Baroque period and, and Beethoven is so heavily... well yeah they were both like the the changing point right. like their deaths marked the beginning and ending of particular musical eras right um, yeah and I mean I think that I'm basically curious uh, especially in this endeavor of like working specifically with new music I mean how do you think about the uh, musical era that we're living in as people that are programming so frequently. Sure. Um, one of the things that I, I would like to see actually more in the new music era um, that I've noticed of the masters of the past is that the masters of the past were masters of their past. Um, so Monteverdi, for instance, was like, the, he was the best at counterpoint, even though other theorists of his time were trying to accuse him of uh, that he wasn't, but he actually was just so good at it that he was like, well, I've found another way to, to do this. Yeah. And, and of course he was revolutionary in um, the, so, you know, bringing out the Seconda Pratica, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from the time of Prima Pratica. Um, that's actually one of my most favorite topics. I think that gets overlooked so much in textbooks because I'm like, no, you don't realize 
what a major philosophical shift that was to have music serve the text. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's another, I think that's a whole nother interview. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I mean, but things like that, when I see that, like Bach was, was a master of the, you know, the styles of back then. He was a master of dance. He was a master of French style, um, of Italian, you know, he, I mean, he transcribed a lot of people, um, and he had, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it says something if you understand, um, the foundation of something or the heritage of something that, that then better informs you sometimes how to go forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what I appreciate about, um, about the two of them. So I think, um, that, I mean, you can look at Beethoven, too, how he transformed the symphony. I mean, there's there's so many um, examples about how you could always look to w- the fact that they understood so well the style that was previous to them and the aesthetic previous to, mm-hmm. like, that they're coming from and what they did to change that moving forward. So I would like to see a lot more of that um, happening in new music where instead of just starting with something new, like understanding better what was what was in the past and what was revolutionary about the past and then Mm -hmm. using that as like a jumping off point to like okay how do i move forward now right building on something rather than just being like everything before me sucks and i have to destroy it all and do (laughs) something yeah right yeah it doesn't have to be in a vacuum and i yeah so anyway i i think the that the more that that could happen i think some actually really cool ideas and 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 we've seen some really cool ideas like this da capo aria thing i was like what Mm -hmm. okay that's really cool um and then also um and and she's not the only one the other like all of them have been taking um the examples of like older forms and like wow this is really interesting like how can i you know, utilize this, and I mean, and it's, I think it's made some really great results, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, so. Well, it all, you know, we, we saw a lot of that around World War One, you know, or post-World War One, where a lot of composers, like the neoclassicists, were taking these older forms, and updating the harmonics of them like you know staying you know within sonata form staying within you know all of these classical and even the forms. emotional the emotional um intention is, was really an update i think too. yeah well and it's because they were like okay everything is crazy right now you know let's let's go back to something that we know and that we feel comfortable in and that we can like easily just slip back into but then let's use our new emotional maturity and right. say something different. And it's just as effective as completely shaking something up and trying something new. It's taking it's taking what we know and using that to take a step forward. And I think that it's, as you were saying, so powerful. Well, and it, it that really um, sets up my next question really well, which is one of my curiosities is, um, I mean, just from the bit of time, the couple times that we've interviewed now and just generally keeping an eye on everything that you're up to, I get a strong sense of like independence for what, as what you all do. Like it's like the, it's very important. It seems very important that, um, uh, that the, the, like doing things that's different, doing things that's, that's kind of revolutionary in, in certain ways is very important, but also so like the staying in a way of like, 
recognizing tradition and like staying studied if that makes sense like stay keeping the things that like what you said the things that we're we've been comfortable with in the past and that also seems extremely important and I, i'm curious if for you that um there's a balancing act there at all um yes <laughs> and if there is how do you feel that you accomplish that um yeah does that make sense well, I don't know if this, maybe this, I was thinking about it earlier, but you've reminded me. I think usually when we, when Brandy and I talk about what we do, I usually start by saying, yes, we're incredibly informal. And then Brandy comes back in and she says, but we do everything very well with the best possible quality. Yeah. So there's, I don't know, how, how could we verbalize the balancing act? Because there's a balancing act between Brandy and I. There's a balancing act between us and our board. There's a balancing act between what we want to do and what audiences will pay for. Mm -hmm. There's a balancing act between whether we create something independent of a series that will pay us to do it. It's, I think it's constantly like, just, I, well, I think we try something and then we say, did that work? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then if that didn't work, then we, you know, it's the, it's going back to what Brandy said earlier. If that didn't work, then why would you keep trying it? You know, right. so then we'll find something else and say, well, let's try this and throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. Not quite that freewheeling, but, you know, kind of that, let's just try something, see if it works and let's combine it with some things that we know that will work and try some new things in it and mission mosh it. Like at least up until now, we've kind of used a subtitle under Bach and Beethoven ensemble, something old and something new new and so that's kind of what's permeated a lot of what we do we try to mish a little bit of things that are familiar and then try to throw in some things that are not so so everybody feels at least sort of comfortable and then they're kind of cool with jumping outside the box too right yeah I mean I think so to to your point too that you know the the familiar things like the quote-unquote old things those are not all bad so mm -hmm. like when we say mm -hmm. you know we're moving forward and i think this is true of all the masters they're not giving up on everything that ever was you know they're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak mm -hmm. but you know and and this is true for i mean there are just things like you know, in, I mean, Thomas alluded it to our relationship. We've met with um, other organizations in town and just been like, can you explain this ADED thing? Like, help us do this better. Like, and we know there are tried and true things that, that work. And then there are other things like, they were like, well, let's just try this out. And then we'll just revamp along the way. And I think that's the beauty of it is that I, I personally like, you know, the revamping and almost kind of the struggle of, you know, um, figuring the balancing act out because mm -hmm. I think we grow more, um, as a result of it. But, um, I think, I think it's the same as holds true, but like in our relationship to the board and our relationship to the audience and how we, and how we approach things. I mean, there are, there are things that we'll still retain that are, you know, quote unquote traditional. Um, but then there are things that, and so there's enough familiar familiarity there um I, that uh that we have something to build off of mm -hmm. you know so so it's not just all all new and i think that's that's really important to 
for us is that you know we're not giving up on everything that ever was i mean Mm -hmm. we're we're just simply building building on it because there obviously are things that are timeless and tried and true um and so i think that's that's kind of like where we're at as far as that goes and you guys know as singers right like if you if you were teaching a student and you compared that student to another student what works for one isn't going to work for the other yeah and like i think the same thing is true with any individual or ensemble or group of people like what's going to work for them at this given time in this certain circumstance is not going to work for another group in another time in another circumstance Mm -hmm. and like part of what i think makes somebody successful maybe they'll never become you know world famous or something but what part part of what makes somebody successful and to grow is to say okay well how did this work did this work for me what could i do differently and then try to to change that as opposed to well that didn't work that time but we'll just keep doing it until it works and you know i think that's the balancing act involves a lot of kind of maybe jumping off the seesaw sometimes and then hoping you land on some solid ground Mm -hmm. and then if it didn't Okay, go back and try something new. Yeah. Um, my uh, kind of on that same train, um, I'm curious as a an organization with a like true season um, and as a one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, uh, especially with our upcoming hearing in color, I'm not a, and I'm not just asking this to plug it, but like the thing that we've been thinking about about is like, things that we know are going to be long running, how that works administratively to like prevent burnout and things like that. And I'm curious um, uh, for y'all, as you go from program to program, do you, is there any kind of, obviously the, the like top most rung of, of what you two do is, is always there, but is there a, a changing of the guard and kind of like the, in the administration Um, Is it more of a matter of just making sure to budget what you know that you're capable of as far as like the the minutiae and the day-to-day administration? We do, we, so (laughs) there are a few people I talk to more than Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I don't even know if that's true. Like, I think I may talk to Brandy (laughs) more than anybody else. Um, We stay in constant contact. So even today, before this, we got together and we were talking and we went through like Chicago stories. Then we went through what are we doing in December? Then we went through what are we doing next next year, next summer, 2019. And of course, the further out you get, the less detail right. you're really focused on as opposed to the imminent things. But we were like, well, what needs to get done? What are we fixing here? And like, uh, for instance, Brandy was like, well, I'll do this and this. And I'm like, but I think you have too much work there. Why don't you give me this and I'll work on that? So there's a lot of check and balance between the two of us in terms right. of like, what can we handle at any given time? Or if we're both free, how can we divvy things up fairly freely? So that, yeah. And it's funny because going back to the earlier talk, before we came in and Brandy was talking about ADED, the responsibilities, we were like, you know, we really need to sit down and think about what we're doing, who we are, what are our roles, how we do things, because there's so much overlap at this point Mm -hmm. in terms of both administrative and artistic sides. So, but that's good because that means we're checking each other and making sure, you know, nobody's completely stressed out or something like that. And if if something's an issue, then we'll take it off the other hands. And then it's nice because we have a board and we have 
uh, people who really believe in what we do so we can reach out to them and ask them to help pick up some of the slack. Mm -hmm. And as we've started getting more things going, more projects and stuff, we've been really trying to rope them in to do more, to help set up the administration, to help set up behind the scenes, and also just to help support our day-to-day -day tasks as well as like the bigger vision too. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be so cool if we had a board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boards are... All you have to do is ask. There yeah. are people willing to do, to totally. help what you do. Yeah. I, I'll also say this, um, that every project has different needs, you of know, because we, we do a lot of different things. Um, so some, like this is Chicago Story is a bigger uh, project for us. Um, we have a few other programs that are slated um, for the rest of the year that don't, they, I mean, of course we give high quality to everything, but you know, there are some that projects that just simply demand a little bit more than, than others. Um, and so I think we've definitely, um, it's, you know, it's definitely plays into the balancing act thing. Um, Thomas is probably like, aside from my husband, the other person I talk to every <laughs> single day. So yeah, so it's like, so we do like stay in constant contact. And I think this is also important for us too that we're always like kind of like okay like what is the you know always going back to the mission the heartbeat of our ensemble the goal you know i think it's really important that like um that anytime you're pursuing like new things that you're always going back to those like fundamentals of mm -hmm. you know why your on your organization exists in the first place and so like whenever we're programming something we're like okay how does this like how does this satisfy? How does this convey? How does this like forward what we want to do, you know, as the BBE? And so, you know, so we're always like thinking and brainstorming and talking about these things and even like, okay, well, where do we want to go in the next year? Where do we want to go in two years, four years, five years, 10 years? Um, which I think are important conversations to have often, not just one time because yeah. it changes and so as we've as we've you know continue to find out always so and we've we've you know and then there's also the 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 um thinking back on what happened so you know the last time we heard was before the gaelic summer program mm -hmm. um and as that was going on and then also thinking back on it we talked fairly constant uh, fa fairly consistently about well what didn't we like that happened that we yeah. will change next year because next year we're not going to do a Gaelic summer next year we're doing a really cool program that's going to be this combination of we're going to explore the French Baroque's influence in America on mm. like Cajun Appalachian music oh cool um, and but it's specifically <laughs> that French Baroque slant right so like but we look at that and we say well how did that not work this past summer and what will we change in the future and we've been doing the same thing with Chicago Story since since like we started thinking about it last fall yeah and the process so that way next year it'll be significantly easier and smoother and checking and balancing well what can we do differently how can we divide the work how can we make this more effective next year so that way you know the the kinks at the beginning of the project are worked out and it's it's a lot easier to manage for the future that's one of the benefits of doing something like a project that's recurring because then you kind of already know how it went right so like five years down the road theoretically you have a pretty pretty good working machine so mm -hmm. if you want to play around with things you can e easily integrate them a little bit better yeah, yeah. absolutely Cool. Well, we have a few minutes left. So one of the first, or well, first, one of the last things we do with all of our guests is a one-minute um, plug for anything they have upcoming. Uh, so sometimes it's very obvious, like an upcoming performance of, of local uh, music. 
Um, otherwise, it can be anybody that you think is doing dope work that you want to shout out or general self-care things like books you're reading, TV shows, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> nice. Oh. Well, our obvious plug, of course, is Chicago Stories. So um, you definitely won't want to miss this. Like I, We've been telling people, like, so have you ever heard of this instrument before? And even if you have, I bet you haven't heard it like this, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of because I mean, just another like preview out there. So we have a cornetto player, you know, like I mentioned, they're playing on the Latin jazz inspired composition. So you don't oh, want to cool. miss that. Um, we also have David Schrader coming in cool. on harpsichord. So that's a Chicago story in itself because yeah. he's, you know, a legacy here. And um, and so, yeah. Anyway, it's it's a super cool project. We're super excited. You definitely don't want to miss it. Um, so October 14th and 15th. Um, and and also tickets are at the door. Tickets are at the door for the green for the Sunday afternoon. We can and do then, tickets at the door but, Saturday, too. Yeah, yeah, we can also do we can do tickets at the door both places. But but for our ensemble, if you go to bbensemble.org, that has all of our information on ticket options and 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 the like and also tune into our blogs you know because the yeah. blogs we've oh, we've yeah. been writing in such a way that's like you know they're they're not an academic read they're super conversational light we've thrown in some funny things there's lots of like pictures and cool youtube videos that of our players so we're showcasing our our performers as well um just to like kind of help prep for this uh, Chicago stories experience. So, I mean, yeah. So I would just put a shout out to that to like kind of follow, follow us on, on that. And you know, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. We're going to have uh, more also some blogs for each of the composers of, you know, their kind of their process too, you know? So we talked about our process getting this together, but the composers each had a, had a personal process going through this, which is really cool to get inside their minds, you know, so. Cool. Yeah. Tom? Oh, I thought that was the plug for everything. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. Well, I guess I would just plug, hey, uh, follow us also on our social media stuff yeah. too. Um, because it's uh, we try to share as much on there as we can. Uh, you know, if you check back on some of our previous posts and things, like we try to keep it again pretty informal. We love taking selfies with audiences. We love <laughs> like we love to showcase our stuffed animals. Like from the Gaelic summer, you can see the beavers' trips around Chicago to major sites. Like she visited like the beaver at the museum, and she went to like the stadium, and she had some beaver donuts downtown. Like you know, so like it would be great like follow us we have facebook oh we she have was Twitter. at my wedding too oh yeah she, she went down to texas she got she pictures at with yeah. at, with with brandy's wedding she she met like a a, a, a longhorn uh <laughs> she went to joe t garcia's which is a really famous mexican restaurant in fort worth and she hung out with ben star who was like the one of the reality stars of master chef also my <laughs> former roommate so that's a cool little story <laughs> oh, uh, cool. Yeah. uh so like anyway so yeah like we it's kind of fun also to do gordon ramsay yeah. also gordon yeah <laughs> Yes, who they know each other, so that's that's fun. He was also on Rachel Ray too. Oh so wow! <laughs> the Beaver was on Rachel Ray. No, no, Ben. Oh, ben. oh got it. Okay. And just I'll in case that would be cool. And just <laughs> in case you're wondering, he is the nephew of Kenneth Starr too. So anyone who likes politics will know that name. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, follow us on all our social media. Like we're really active on Facebook, Twitter. Um, uh, sorry, Facebook and Instagram. Definitely we're on Twitter. We have SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. YouTube, we have tons of YouTube videos now as well. And uh, for anybody interested in Chicago Stories, uh, we're partnering with 
Tribeca College, and they're going to video, audio and video the entire concert as well. Uh, so we'll have that up online, and then they're also going to do a, a short documentary on the whole process for us, too. Oh, cool. So it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, you can head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. Uh, also, all of our podcast and studio slash sessions uh, videos. i got to find a way, better way to say that. Mm -hmm. um, whatever. Uh, yeah, do keep it up <laughs> with that. Uh, we're posting articles like all the time now, almost at least every day, if not every other day or something like that. It's hard to keep up with on my end, actually. But anyway, um, uh, anyway, catch us on Facebook under Scopy Magazine, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, <laughs> Scopy Mag. We spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Head to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. You can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you'll have our eternal gratitude. Um, if you choose to give at a monthly level, level there are some cool things that'll happen uh our next two five dollar a month donors are going to get a bag of half wit coffee which is awesome uh if you choose to give a ten dollars a month or more you're going to get one free session of studio photography with daniel um if specifically you, in our apartment uh, specifically in this in this in the scopy studio yeah, get to meet the cats yeah we we recently just did a, a shoot with our friend tom where daniel just did some headshots and they look really really nice yeah that's so. about the extent of what i can do in this space just because we need to get like a floor length screen mm -hmm. but it's definitely i think it's definitely worth it yeah um, no it looks really nice and then besides that the only other thing is at 25 dollars a month we have a slot on the front page of our of our site and on um the articles that we're going to be listing donors so it'll, it's kind of like a little advertising space that you can list your name and a link for people to click click through to so, so for 25 dollars a month you can have advertising on our website yeah cool so, so oh, give sorry. a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share cool thanks again so much for listening go out and make something yep <laughs>